0: everybody welcome to a bonus addendum episode of the Use guys in that podcast uh last time we had dag and brandon on from agoras nexus we were talking a little bit it was like news to all of us that uh brandon had skipped out and uh, gone down south of the border into mexico and unfortunately we didn't have enough time to talk about you know a lot you know some of the in-depth stuff that's going on or what he's experiencing down there so he was so kind to reach out to us and he wants to talk to us about uh more of his experience living down there so we're going to go ahead and give him the floor and we're going to have a really nice conversation about some really interesting topics topics i think you guys will really be interested in so brandon please take it away
1: Cool. Well, yeah uh thanks for having me on guys i really appreciate it um yeah and you guys have a, a great podcast uh I, I really think you guys are going to be pretty big in, in the next couple of years. So, um, Thank you. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. Uh, you guys always make me laugh. So You you're making you're making me blush. Stop. <laughs> I do that occasionally.
0: <laughs> so tell us. But, uh, what, what what have you discovered? now that you've kind of been like you know i don't know how much time no it's not that you haven't been there that long but you've been there long enough to get a real taste so if you want to expand on anything go right ahead
1: yeah yeah um so mexico is a lot of people think of it like one way or another right but um but there's like so many mexico is so big that there's so many like things about it you know it's not just like one um landscape or like when you think of Mexico I think you think of like I think the average person thinks of like Cancun right but um but yeah there's mountains and uh deserts and uh all kinds of stuff here um and and yeah it's I drove through a huge chunk of the country so just seeing how many different things there are here, um, was, uh, was pretty mind blowing, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a great experience. Um, I just purchased a, uh, black market firearm down here, uh, which was sweet. I'm really glad that I'm, that I didn't get robbed or, uh, or killed or anything, but um, but yeah, you when you do stuff like that, you kind of have to, uh, you kind of have to be smart about it. So, um, some tips for you guys if you ever purchase weapons in Mexico, um, don't just ask some dude on, uh, on a street corner or anything. Yeah, I, I'd say if you are going to purchase stuff down here, make sure that you live down here. Make sure it's for a while. Make sure you build connections with people, um, and uh, and yeah, just, just just be smart about it. And um, and yeah, I was lucky enough to already have some connections before I moved down here. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's that's a huge. Now, there's a lot of like legal issues that you have to be concerned about when having a firearm. Um that is is that a, a tourist, I don't think a tourist can have one for any reason. Um but if you're like living with your if you're living with like a Mexican, um either like a roommate or a girlfriend or a wife or whatever that uh that they can have on, even a black a, a black market one in their um, in their apartment mm-hmm. or apartment house or whatever um, they're allowed to have one in their house re- regardless if it's black market or not now if it's a black market you can't um, it is illegal to to like carry it or transport it anywhere um, so but um, but yeah so there's that um, legally purchased firearms you can't carry I don't know if that's concealed or not mm-hmm. um, but you can you can transport it um, I've never really seen anyone down here like open carry um, firearms except for military police and um, private security but uh, but yeah um, let's see. Yeah, definitely some tips though. Like, if you plan on purchasing, make sure make sure you know where they live. Um, make sure you've been to their house and like met a family member. And um, like, if you're like talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, see what they can give you. Like, feel them out make sure that you like you know somebody that knows them um and yeah i get uh, people are like less inclined to like want to like rip you off if you know where they live you know True. um there's that and then and then yeah just just build just build connections with people make sure that you like even if you're not going to purchase another one um always tell them that you're going to uh like you're going to make multiple purchases like this isn't just a, a one-time thing mm. um and then that that goes down to like i don't know if you guys seen the, the lord of war movie oh you
2: know, yeah it's
1: like well you you know well if you uh <laughs> if you if you you know if you kill me you get the uh what, what does he say exactly you lose a uh, repeat business or whatever right so yeah exactly so so yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's that, there, you know, that kind of goes through their head. Well, they know where I live. Um, you know, he's going to be a repeat customer. He's friends of, he's, you know, friends with my friend or whatever.
2: Mm. He's been, he's met
1: my family, you know? So there's all of that. Um, keep all that in mind and, uh, and yeah, make, make sure your, your buddies with them for, for quite a while before you, um, before you do anything, don't, don't have the money, um, you know, don't have the money on you or around you um, when you talk about it at first. Now, when you're going to the place, make sure that you, I'd say, make sure that you purchase it with somebody else um, so that they know. And then, you know, of course, tell somebody else, like, where you're going, when you're going, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. So yeah, just, just be be really smart about it. Um, if you know, I'm super glad that I've got a contact that I that I could trust now, and uh, and yeah, it's um. It's uh it's definitely cool. I bought a uh, well, I didn't have much to choose from, but uh, but yeah, I bought a Colt Thirty Eight Super, and very nice. Um, yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's got like the, it's got like this um, it looks really Mexican. It's it's got like this uh, gaudy handle, and uh, my <laughs> wife's like, jeez. You buying like El El Chapo's gun and shit? uh, (laughs) Like hell yeah, I want to buy El Chapo's gun. But um, but yeah, it was cool. And uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, here I have a question for you. So, based on the conversation we're having thus far, from my understanding, and again, it's um not comprehensive, but I know that in Mexico it uh, there are some of the strictest gun laws that you can find probably in North America, um, definitely a lot stricter than what's uh, in the United States. Do you think that that's led to the popularity of, of black market firearms? The market is providing something that the people want and frankly, in many cases need, because uh, what I, how I understood it is that there was like one store that you had to apply for permission, they had to do a background check, then you had to go to like the, the federal district, like Mexico City, and then go there and then get the gun from the, the, the state police. And that's where you get the ammo. And like, you know, as opposed to like living in, you know, the States, for example, where you have, you know, I think that we have at least two gun shops, maybe three here where I live, um, you know, where you could just go anywhere and get one uh, when you want one or when you need one. Um, do you think that this is a great example of how the black of the market, not the black market, but just the market in general? is saying hey listen look at all this bureaucracy and this horseshit that you got to jump through to defend yourself when the state is absolutely terrible at doing that for you something that you're extorted for them to to provide you with when the market's like but you can come here we can we can buy we can make sure that this is uh, on the level and it's uh, it's under the table and nobody needs to know except for you and the individual you're doing business with do you think that's a really good example and why and and also is it really, is it very popular to find black market firearms versus legally purchased ones?
1: Yeah, I would say it's easier to get black market guns than legally purchased ones. And I I think you are right that, um, that that there's only really like one store in Mexico where you can get them. Um, um,
2: and you know, that, that
1: just shows you that, uh, that, uh, you know that one store is probably in bed with the government. Like, hey, uh, you know, give me a monopoly. But um, yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I have heard that that we, that I can get one that I can purchase one legally, um, like not not too far away from me. Hmm. Um, so so I'm not I'm not like a hundred percent sure like how or why um that'll have to explore later because I would like to have have one in my car just when my wife is with me and then if, if something does happen if they ask about it I'll be like well that's my wife's um because my wife is a, a Mexican citizen she can have she can have one whenever she wants I'm I'm just a tourist so um say so yeah, I can't have one for any reason um so that that kind of gives me a lot of like loopholes that I can go through, like, uh, you know, if, if, if something did happen and, and I mean, again, I, I didn't purchase one because I felt like my life was in danger or, um, or I felt threatened or, or I've got a bad neighbor or any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's not why I purchased one. I just, I just, I've always had guns on me. Um, uh, Even in the States. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I, I felt like, I don't know, I just, I just just don't ever want to be the victim. You know, I always want to be able to take care of myself. I don't want to have to rely on um, government people that, you know, uh, government employees or, um, or police that they're only five minutes away to, uh, to come and help me. So
0: right especially when seconds count the uh the police are five minutes away you know the 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 interesting part about this too and it's you know especially to protect your family because again you know i'm not i would not openly advocate for uh violence against the state openly advocate for it but what what i am saying is that you know for those of our listeners that are not 100 percent familiar i believe we've talked about in our show several times there is a very awful war going on to this day In mexico and it kind of started in 2006 i believe it was felipe calderon who declared war allegedly or you know i guess symbolically against the drug cartels well unfortunately the drug cartel like it's so convoluted because you have so many different factions and it's like an enigma wrapped inside a riddle like it's 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 unbelievable so you have forces of the state who do on the regular and get busted on the regular colluding with uh that like you know the uh cartel del golfo or whatever it, it's the different the sinaloa cartel they're always like collaborating and and you know you know helping each other so you have factions but they're officially fighting each other and there will be you know pitched battles i guess you could say and then unfortunately individuals who have nothing to do with either who are just trying to get by and live their lives are caught in the middle of this awful i mean for lack of a better term i know not a lot of political scientists may not agree but it does have the makings of a civil war a multi-faction civil war and in you know people like yourself and your wife I mean, your neighbors are caught in the middle of this thing, and without a reasonable way to defend yourself against whomever, whether they have a badge, a uniform, or they're from, you know, an uh, an organization that the state is at war at, you are absolutely at the mercy of these people, and to be in a situation, like you said, I don't like to go anywhere unarmed like you can even ask angel it's hilarious when she was like you know i when i go places like if i'm going out of town i got probably three firearms on me and that's of course before (laughs) i I go boating usually on my way home after boating i have none but you know i usually travel with at least three of them because i you just never know who you're going to run into you know I just you never know the situation it's kind of like a fire extinguisher right it's better to have one and never have to use it as opposed to really needing one and not finding anyone near you it's it's really it's unnerving in a sense like when I traveled um over the summer to visit relatives in New Jersey our friend Sal the Agorist called it the slave states he told me he said be careful in the slave states brother And uh, I find it funny because it's true, because you you have to travel the whole way unarmed, because if you so much as set, you know, one toenail in New Jersey with a concealed firearm, you're going to jail for seven years, seven years in in, in the state state penitentiary in, in New Jersey, which is no fun. As you can see, I may not be the best looking guy, but I'll be really fucking popular in that prison. And that's not something I need to experience anytime soon. With that being the case, though, do you find now, I, of course, I don't know names, I don't want to know, you know but, but your neighbors, the people in your community, do they share your, your not, not so much your ideology, but your, um, yeah, I guess, uh, your, fa- your favor, your favoritism towards the black market, like do, do most of the people that you live near or around participate? In the black market, in a sense, like, you know, it's kind of under the table, whether it be pay- paying for cash, for services, you know, avoiding taxes from the state, uh, the black market firearms, for example. Do you see a lot of that where you live um, or has your wife uh, while she lived there?
1: Yeah, um, that that's the thing about Mexico is that it's already um, it has like a more it's crazy because it has more of a, a libertarian culture than than even the united states in 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 many ways and i don't want to say in every way but in many ways it's it's more of a libertarian culture and i've like even my neighbors have said oh you know uh um they have this like they've said and and have this attitude of of oh you you know he's he's not hurting anybody you know i I don't care um so it's it's very like libertarian um already in and in, in terms of black market absolutely uh there's um you know these the uh turtle eggs that they eat down here those are those are black market but um but there's a guy who goes around every morning you know uh there's a couple of guys who go around every morning selling them so um so yeah they really don't they really don't care too much about the about the laws down here, unless um, unless you are hurting somebody, then, then I get then they get really mad. But um, but yeah, it's it's uh it's super interesting. Now you had said earlier about uh, like the cartels and stuff. I think that the difference between Mexico and the United States in terms of cartels is that um, that I guess the cartels down here aren't like legitimate in terms of like uh versus the US because I mean you know the CIA is the the biggest drug cartel um yeah biggest drug cartel in the world and and they're considered legitimate so
0: absolutely yeah speaking
1: Um,
2: of um legitimacy I did have a question in regards to so like I know we're speaking about the black market and you know firearm purchases that route um what are the I guess, I, I don't know, I guess it would be the legal um, steps that you would have to take to own a firearm in Mexico. Like what are their laws there um, as the state?
1: Ooh, uh, yeah, I'm not too familiar about going about doing it legally. Um, I'll probably be able to tell you in like six months to a year. Um, we, we plan on just going through it just so that we can have we can like legally carry one everywhere yeah. Um, or like in our car when I'm with my wife. If I'm not like, if I, if I go somewhere without my wife, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have it on me because it's uh, yeah. Mexican jail is not, um, not fun. So <laughs> Nope. I mean, I don't know from experience, but I've just heard. from. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's keep, let's keep it that way, Brendan. please. Let's <laughs> keep it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, but uh, but yeah, I wish I wish I could tell you more about going through the, the legal um, process. Of course, as an agorist, I usually uh, I usually venture away from from doing things legally. But um, uh, I just I do things think. more morally. What yeah, was that?
2: I was just curious if they had like you know some crazy you know steps that you would have to take and. You know, I'm not really too familiar with with what they're up to. I know you can pretty much kind of do whatever you want for the most part, and you can find whatever you want down there, Um, you know, but I just I was curious what if a law abiding citizen in Mexico, like what they had to go through in order to protect themselves, if there were any steps.
1: Yeah, I hear it's a pain in the ass. Um, (laughs)
0: I'm sure that it is
3: as most things
1: involving the state are
2: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: definitely yeah and
1: it, i mean it doesn't matter like what really kind of what really grinds my gears is that um <laughs> is that the, you know the state's going to restrict you know self-defense uh mm-hmm. and that's just it's um it's evil so
0: oh i i agree And I want to build a little bit on your point here, Brandon, when you're talking about legitimacy versus illegitimacy of cartels and how our cartels are shiny and polished and they uh, we pay for their uniforms and we pay for their budgets to harass a spy on us and kill us if necessary. And that happens regularly, uh, as we've documented on this show several times. The police are not our friends. And let alone the CIA, like you said, the biggest drug deal in the world. And I once again, I have to cite our friend Sally Agoris, who says the FBI has the largest database of uh, child pornography on the planet. So that should tell a lot of us about what's going on. But here, but to get back to this point of legitimacy. So when, I, I you know, a lot of people, I, I've, I've read a little bit about um the uh the the narco war down there from 2006 in fact going back to when the poppy was first introduced into mexico uh via china on the uh pacific coast in the southwestern portion of the country i'm thinking like um the the state of Nayarit, for example i know christopher's familiar with that from a book called dreamland what uh what i think is happening what i've seen is this is an example. Cartels are an example. And I'm talking about narco cartels. That's something like the banking cartel. That's, <laughs> they play at a much higher level than the narco trafficking uh, cartels at a much higher level. Nobody goes to jail, at least in their, in their league. Um, but they sort of fill in where the state has been an unmitigated failure at uh, rendering the services that the Mexican citizens have been extorted for. Because I've seen plenty of examples of. Of these cartels showing up with food showing up with uh you know cleaning supplies helping the community and i understand that this is twofold yes people are getting a service and of course they're getting excellent propaganda and pr but that's no different from fema uh using uh, an, an opportunity for propaganda purposes to show how benevolent and awesome they are but i think that the um there's no shine on the cartels down in mexico like people know what their business is And, you know, when the the state has failed, like, for example, in so many communities in the state of Michoacán, where there's been like total collapse, that, you know, there's places that the the government, the state at large won't even bother going into, that this creates a situation where these people just essentially fill the role of the state. They may not have badges and the helmets and the uniforms of, you know, the Mexican army, but they still, you know, fulfill a function where they're sort of, quote, governing, I would say. Do you think that there's that that that's something that you have observed or do you think that that is something that's only recently happened based on your experience um or do you think that this is also potentially an opportunity for more um not i want to say governing because i'm not even going to use that word because there are anarchist communities in mexico that have been documented where they've thrown out the government and the police and they just take care of the community themselves do you think that that this is kind of like uh, marching towards progress. You could say the state is collapsed and then the narcos come in and then everybody gets pissed off at them and they finally kick them out. And then people just live autonomously. Um, just, just I'm sorry, I know I threw a lot of stuff at you, but if you wouldn't mind uh, addressing just based on your experience, of course.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I don't have too much personal, it, I mean personal experience compared to a lot of people. I'm not like, an expert on Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I know that that like a lot of people in Mexico they okay so for instance in Sinaloa there's um the capital of Sinaloa I can't think of the name right now I think it's like Culiacan or something mm-hmm. um and I probably butchered the pronunciation on that but uh, a lot of people in that city like really love El Chapo. I mean, they, they, they'll have El Chapo, you know, they sell El Chapo hats there and, mm-hmm. uh, and like shirts and all kinds of shit. And, um, and that's because, you know, El Chapo helped a lot of people, a lot of people in that community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it brings up your, it brings up a, a good point is that, you know, um, the U S government may, you know they have to look like they're helping people too, to to make it seem like they're mm-hmm. actually doing something. So I mean, um, you know, but but it just kind of it just shows you that uh, that you know that not everything that the cartels have done have been bad. Right. So um, so I think that that's that's one thing that that people really need to to look at. Um, and in my eyes, I think the cartel is actually more like a cartel is more legitimate. A drug cartel that is 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 more legitimate than any government agency well, like, because like, because of the, the cartel is providing a service and, and and selling things right um again i'm not i'm not all in favor of like them violating the non-aggression principle but um but as opposed to a state a state just only extorts you um so i want to throw that out there and then i think you had like three or four other questions that I want to get to, but, um, but, uh, wh- what was that, Chris? I'm sorry. I think I interrupted.
3: You. Uh, that's all right. I was going to say le- the thing about the narco cartels is they're, they're at least they're honest about what they do. Like, <laughs> like, like Jay said, like they're dirty. Everybody knows they're dirty, but like, you know, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Like, like you said, in certain communities, like they love El Chapo because he he, he spread his wealth around and helped out those communities where he came from. And it's like, uh-huh. yeah, they, they murder. And like you said, they violate the non-aggression principle, but unlike the state who lies to you about what they do and tries to cover up what they do, everybody's aware of what the cartels do and the cartels don't try and hide it. And they, they, are you know, they're, they're at least honest about their line of work.
0: Yeah. I have to, and to build upon what he said, what Christopher said, and you know, this is also to tie into what uh, I, I brought up. No, you did fine answering the question. I understand. you, know, you have, you know it's not like you've been living there your whole life but you know just you know your own personal observation i find incredibly valuable regardless of how long you've been there but i think it's important for the audience and all of us here to understand that the uh the narco cartels do not exist without american uh uh drug policy that none of this happens if it wasn't a result of the state meaning the, the state that is the united states government uh you know getting into this drug war which has been an unmitigated disaster and a total failure just like mm-hmm. Afghanistan drugs won, just like the Taliban won. like this is something that they've been fighting I mean it's such a moneymaker because it's a it's a job creator it keeps the prison industrial complex running you know it greases the wheels and the mechanisms of authoritarianism
3: it's a cycle
0: absolutely and I think that it's important for people to realize you know for like there's a great example Brandon when when they were sending up marijuana, marijuana was the largest crop that was uh, crossed over the border for the longest period of time. Cocaine kind of made its way through the most of the time that went through like Florida, Louisiana and then Mississippi and Alabama. The majority of those routes for marijuana came from Mexico. It was grown in Mexico as opposed to cocaine that came from either Bolivia or came from Colombia uh, in South America. The difference here, though, is that once marijuana look at just watch the market forces. Once legalization starts happening in all of these different states and then decriminalization happens even in the states that may let's say the stupid governments like here where I live in Ohio they decriminalized but they didn't make it legal for all use but you have all of these states breaking away from the federal government saying fuck you we're going to you know it's none of your business we're not going to enforce marijuana laws what have you the mexican farmers literally were forced to switch crops from um uh, from marijuana over to the poppy for black tar heroin because the market said hey guess what we can no longer profit off of this like we did before we have to find something else and because um heroin is in high demand chiefly because of uh, what happened during the opioid epidemic which we've discussed before or on the show that now heroin is in demand and Mexico has a climate that can grow the poppy and then they could process in the black tar heroin this is all a result all of that comes back to one central point and it is the uh the error of the state in trying to uh enact policy that, in the long run has like the deaths that happen in Mexico I love it the U.S. creates the policy guys right the policy the drug policy domestic policy then affects the people south of the border so technically, I would hold the United States government fully responsible for all deaths in the Mexican war that's happened over drugs, because had it not happened, Felipe Calderon wouldn't have had a reason to go to war with it, you know, and not to mention the U.S. is is funneling money and arms to, you know, well, first of all, on the books to the Mexican state, but then off the books with Eric Holder and Operation Fast and Furious to drug cartels. So... I mean, you want to talk about the most sinister player on the board? Like Christopher says, you know the narco, uh, the narco uh, um, uh, folks down there, the uh, the people in the cartels. We know what they are. They know what they are. They're not trying to tell us that you know they're great. They're going to build roads because that's really important. You know, roads and schools and you know all this other horseshit that they tell us our taxes are for. They're like, yeah, fuck around and find out. But on the other hand, the U.S. government is like, oh, I can't believe this. But here, have some more guns, Sinaloa cartel. Oh, hey, U.S. How Mexican government, how many billions do you need? Helicopters? Fully automatic rifles? We got, I mean, it is a disgusting situation. And the Mexican people have suffered as a result of the stupid government that is here in this country. You know what I mean? Textbook example
3: of cause and effect. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sorry. I get really fired up when I think about this because that's a lot of dead people and it's Man, right on our doorstep.
3: That's a, that's, a, that's a lot of bloody hands.
0: For sure. You know, over plants and what people use to, to get high or I, I mean, listen, if you guys want to do heroin, I mean, have a ball. I would strongly caution you against doing it, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. But the idea that, you know, you have this, like you said, the perpetual cycle, that's a phrase that keeps coming up, right? So and it all starts with Uncle Sugar and and it all ends with Uncle Sugar, either Uncle Sugar kills you or Uncle Sugar imprisons you so that you can get into the prison industrial complex and then profit off of the slave slave labor that they get from the inmates in these um, prisons for, for profit. It's it's mind boggling. But speaking of Mexican jail, Brandon, yes, I would also caution you against going in there um i've they've actually had documentaries i believe on some of the worst prisons in the world and i believe one of them was called like the black house of horrors that's in mexico city if it's called that up front i can only imagine the reality on the inside so please my friend do whatever you got to do to stay out of the black house of horrors or whatever it's called it's not going to be good for you or anybody else man
1: yeah yeah i I definitely like being a free bird so uh, i'll definitely try to Keep my shoes tied um but uh <laughs> uh but yeah um I I, th- I think an important note on this is is that yeah like things are really bad um in a lot of cases but I think like and this is just my personal experience but but I also don't live in like I live in like a small town that like you know you know a lot of shit doesn't happen but mm-hmm. um but I've also, you know, I've also been in, you know, like Mexico City for a little while. I was in Mexico City for a while, and then, you know, I was in Acapulco for uh like a month and a half. So mm-hmm. I've been to bigger. I've been, to, you know, I was in Puerto Vallarta for, um, three three weeks. So I've been to these these bigger cities, and uh, oh, Tijuana. I was in Tijuana. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been to these bigger cities, and um, and you know, it's a lot of people think that that like the cartel is like like a part of everyone's life down here, and uh, and like yeah, it may affect some things, um, but but from what I've seen, it's like not a part of everyone's like daily life, like um, and I don't like you know they're not gonna be around like every fucking stick and and rock that you uh that you Mm -hmm. see down here so it's not like uh, you know yeah it's something that you um should definitely educate yourself on and when i say educate it's you know that that's even hard to do because so much of it is like propaganda from the u.s it's it's oh mexico's dangerous the cartels 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 Mm -hmm. i I i think that um I think like educate yourself by, by the best way possible. And that is like talking to people who live in Mexico, getting contacts, um, knowing people who've lived, lived here for really long periods of time. And, you know, when I did that, it was like, you know, have they ever had any interactions with, um, you know, the cartels at all down here and, uh, and you know, pretty much everybody I know hasn't. Uh, so I don't, you know, I think it's something you should keep in mind, but I don't, I don't think it's like this big, huge, like, I don't think it's as big as what everybody thinks it is. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, I actually feel it's weird. I feel safer down here. Um, than I did in the U S and, and I, I lived, I didn't live in a bad area at all. And, uh, Like, a week after I moved, there was, and this was in a good area of town, there was a shootout. It was, like, two or three guys shooting at two or three guys at a gas station, and, and, you know, there was a shootout in my old town, so, I mean, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I think you know, bad things can happen anywhere, and I I think that you should you know um, just go out and try to live your life because you know you, you could die from anything. You could die from getting up in the morning. So,
0: yeah, that's true, man. So. I, I think people, uh, especially those of us who have to travel on the asshole five hundred, also known as the goddamn highway, don't realize that uh, we have a, a a wonderful chance of dying uh, on that than a lot of people do. You know traveling to these different cities, and you know there's a question I have for you now that you're I lived in Mexico City uh, from 1986 to 1987 shows you how old I am um, when I was a young a a youngster. Um, And uh, I got to live there and experience the culture, which is is tremendous it's phenomenal and, of course, I have an extremely high opinion of, of Mexican people. Um, and, you know, not, I'm not talking about the government, obviously I'm talking about the individuals that make it up are you know, human beings like the rest of us, but do you think that living, I know how living in a different culture impacted me. And, uh, you know, gave me a better understanding, I guess you could say, do you feel the same that by having this experience of living down there, you know, as an adult, do you think that this gives you does it reinforce your belief that you know that everybody is just human just trying to get through the daily motions of life you know, that we are far more similar than we are different, you know, for a lot of people who unfortunately seem to be motivated by, you know, racist ideas about folks that come from Mexico. I'm not saying all of them, but you you know what I mean. You know who they are. Um, I just wanted to get your take on how that has, you know, changed the way, if at all, on how you, uh, on how you see people and in your experience in life. Yeah, um, oh man, that's
1: a good question. Uh, so, kind of like this this kind of goes kind of far back for me um i think i first realized that uh that we were all just human when i first met my wife and i and when i first met my wife i was already like libertarian o- open borders mm-hmm. um and uh and and yeah she she was illegal but um but i i really didn't care and uh and i'm, I'm more willing to openly say um, that my wife has, has been illegal uh, now than I ever did um, because we don't live in the U S anymore. But, uh, but that was the kind of, that was the joke for a while was that, uh, that I was so gorsed that even my wife was illegal. So um,
2: <laughs> that's a pretty good joke.
0: It's, it's it's not a joke. It's a reality, man. I
2: mean, it's still, it's pretty good. That's, it? good.
0: that's
1: what makes it even funnier. You
3: know, yeah. it's, it's
0: Excellent. <laughs>
1: But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, meeting her and how kind she was and, uh, you know, I don't think I haven't really met anybody that doesn't like her. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just getting to know her and, uh, and, you know, living with her, it's it was a, a big eye opener. Like, um, yeah, there's these like differences in terms of language and, uh, some of the things that we may do day to day, but, uh, but, but at the end of the day, we're all just uh, shit eating and try to live. So
0: yeah. Down to the basics, man. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss with us about uh, so far you live and experience in Mexico? Uh,
1: yeah, I think that, um, yeah, in terms of Mexico, it's there's, there's been a lot of like cultural stuff that, um, that has been really refreshing. I mean, um, you know, if, if I do something in the U S like, uh, even if it's just like something traffic wise, like I'll, I'll flip a bitch in a spot where, where there's like a no U-turn sign or whatever. And, uh, you know, depending on who I've got in the seat, they'll be like, Oh, Whoa. no, that's illegal. You know, you just did something illegal. But, uh, but when I do something down here, um, you know, the you know Mexicans are like, Oh, whatever. You know, they don't even pay to do it or they laugh. So, nice. um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's completely, it's completely different down here. And, um, I think that's really refreshing um i don't know if i told you guys this but i did have to when i was driving my trailer through a good portion of the country um i i did get pulled over and i had to uh you know give him a Mordita. but
0: um yeah you did tell us about the mordida uh-huh, i remember <laughs> so
1: but um people are like oh the cops are so bad but it's like okay you know what's what's more corrupt what in, in my opinion what's more corrupt somebody somebody taking some money and putting it into his own pocket to help his own family um, by letting you get away with the bullshit law uh-huh. or somebody somebody who's going to enforce a bullshit law and uh, and and take you to the state whether that's through a ticket to go to court or incarcerate you. What's what's more corrupt? And I, I think I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is, is that I think US police are way more corrupt because they're willing to enforce every single bullshit law for the state, mm-hmm. no matter what. So
0: Yep. I, I couldn't agree with you more there. And that's something I've taken issue to with a lot of folks here who'd have no experience. Uh, staying down there for a prolonged period of time or having experienced the culture yeah they are willing to look the other way i mean again yeah, like you said the willingness of uh you know the uh the people here that wear the uniform to you know my favorite line is i don't write the laws but okay but so you know they're bad but you're gonna fucking do it anyway even though you know what you're doing is morally reprehensible just because it's on the books that you have to enforce you don't have to do anything you can walk away you're choosing not to but um I think that's a great point man um and I I I highly suggest people you know kind of get familiar familiarize themselves with the culture down there as best as you can wonderful people I mean and if you know you're like me you like to eat and you like to have a good time man Mexico has absolutely amazing cuisine and I'm not talking about the stuff that you, I mean, like I'm talking about mole, for example, chilaquiles, stuff like that. Oh, it's 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 tremendous. You know, even street vendor food down there is tremendous. And, you know, the people are just like anywhere else, man. They're decent human beings. And, uh, uh, you know, if you haven't visited some of the interesting places, like I always talk to Angel, she's she wants to go and say and see Teotihuacan. Uh, she wants to go. It was a Chichen Itza. She wants to go there to see that Ch- Chichen Itza is cool as fuck. I believe it man i've never been there yeah, I've, I've, I've I've on the aztec stuff
3: yeah chichen Itza is awesome
0: i highly recommend checking all that out and it's not too far away and they're your neighbors so you know um check it out i'm sure you know once again if you're if you're not an idiot you're gonna be okay do i recommend renting a car in tijuana and uh, stopping at every gas station going hola uh uh mm-hmm. i'm looking for Directionos. To uh, this resorto, yeah, you're probably gonna get robbed, and you probably deserve it because you're giving <laughs> right. it away at this point in time. You know,
3: Cola Como Estes
0: <laughs> Bib- Biblioteca. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man, yeah. Chris and I always joke about that. How ridiculous! Bibl- they always told us how to get to the bathroom and the and the library because those are the two most important places in any Spanish speaking culture's uh, country. So, um, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Uh? Brandon. And if not, you can please plug away on any of the stuff that you're working on. And of course, uh, uh, Agoras Nexus, please take it away.
1: Nah. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I just want to plug you guys really, um, you know, uh, probably one of the most underrated podcasts there are. So, um, thank you so much for having me on Uh huge honor and, um, I can't thank you guys enough. So
0: Oh, man, it's, it's totally our pleasure to have you on and, you know, your friend of the show and of course you and Dag and uh, you being our sponsor, GoresNexus.com. Just to remind our listeners, our website listing for those who are free thinkers offer loads of products receipts, ebooks, publishing, custom knives, coffee, crypto and much more. And of course, uh, the podcast that they have too. please check them out uh that's it for this addendum this week i promised you guys there was going to be one and uh we have us guys have delivered to use guys we'd like to thank brandon once again for coming on it's always a great pleasure to talk to him and especially with this different cultural perspective now living down there giving us a little bit more inside information especially for those of you who aren't the firearms and still have some i'm entirely jealous of you uh, because you're still armed and unfortunately i have been disarmed by the sea yet again so um I don't have anything else. Uh, If uh, Angel has something, she's the boss. She gets to go first. Angel, do you have anything before we call it a day?
2: No, I just wanted to thank Brandon for coming on again. It's always a pleasure to speak with you.
0: Thanks, Angel. Christopher, (laughs) Yeah, the boss. That's right. You got anything else, Christopher?
3: (laughs) Nope. Nothing else to add. Uh, But yeah, definitely thanks again for coming on. It was a fun conversation.
1: Yeah, man.
0: Well, don't forget also, ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching uh, the Halloween show that Christopher band, Christopher's band is going to be playing at. Excuse me. Uh, it's going to be at the Vortex. So if you're in the Northeast Ohio area, please uh, you know, consider coming out and see the guys play. It's on the 29th of Friday, October. Friday. Yeah, it's a Friday. Um, I always a Halloween prefer- costume. It's going to be event. off the chain. I, I know that I'm going to be there. Angel's going to be there once again those of you who are missing Brian smiling face he is still going to be talking to Christ in the woods so he will not be at the punk rock show but we will and in costume so uh thank you once again for listening to this addendum uh it was an awesome show really enjoyed learning more and we hope to talk to Brandon very soon we hope you guys are all right don't forget to like subscribe and do all that shit that I've asked you in the past to do that most of you don't do anyway but I'm going to ask again so thank you very much uh, Don't forget to buy Todd's gay soap. Forgot about that. Wash your asshole. Happy Halloween. Not yet.
1: (laughs) Have a good day, everybody. Bye.
0: Bye Bye-bye.